Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Good morning, Global. A warm welcome to you. I hope you've had a good week. And everybody that's tuning in from all over the world. Um, I'm in London at the moment, uh, just wanting to uh, send a message about, we're going through a series about how did Jesus uh, reach out to people. And um, today we're going to look at a man who asked Jesus uh, for a miracle. And uh, he, got a, he got a really uh, difficult, harsh seemingly response from Jesus. <coughs> so today's talk's called Jesus, just give me a sign. And I don't know about you, but so often in life, when we're praying for things, we're praying for a breakthrough, we're like, just, just give me a sign, Lord. And, uh, uh, you know, Jesus doesn't want to give us a sign, but he wants to give us something. So I want to unpack uh, today's talk. But remember, in, you know, in global, we always have the unbeliever or the secular person in mind. Because we believe that the mission of the church comes from the church. You know, it's not like a parachurch uh, event where we bring people in, the specialists in to do this, that and the other. Um, not against specialists, but generally speaking, mission comes out of the church. The church and mission and evangelism belong together. And um, here we see Jesus uh, in John's Gospel, just giving you a bit of a timeline, uh, really. In John chapter 2, Jesus turned water into wine uh, in Cana in Galilee. That is Galilee of the nations or Galilee of the Gentiles, people who weren't uh, chosen like the, 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 the Jewish nation. And the Jewish nation was meant to reach out to all the nations of the earth, but they didn't. They kept it to themselves. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> Everyone's trying to climb the ladder in church life, see if they can get onto a platform or, or get noticed, get recognised and stuff. <laughs> and I understand all that. But do you know something? In all our getting, can we not just share our faith with people who weren't brought up with the word, who never went to Sunday school like me and many others, but people who have not got a clue about what salvation is about, this, this, this sal salvaging of mankind that Jesus came to do. Jesus said, I've come to seek and to save that which is lost. And what I love about Jesus, the first sign that he did, the miracle, that he called the sign, a sign, John, sorry, in his gospel calls a sign, was changing water into wine. They'd, they'd run out at this wedding, they'd run out of wine. And you know something, in life, things will run out. But Jesus was in the midst and uh, he turned water into wine. Another way of saying, it's another way of saying Jesus kept the party going. <laughs> we have painted Jesus and Christianity as such a killjoy and such a, 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 a wet blanket on life when really Jesus has come to give us life and life in all its fullness. And um, this was, uh, turning water into wine was the first miraculous sign in Cana. And it revealed Jesus's glory, John, John says, and the disciples put their faith in him. The disciples, not everybody, but the disciples who'd been following Jesus just recently. The disciples put the faith in him. Then Jesus went up to Jerusalem for the feast of Passover. Uh, ju and just before the feast of Passover, Jesus noticed 
that uh, the Jewish moneylenders were, were exchanging coins in the Gentile area of the temple. It's the only place where the Gentiles could come and hear God's word. And um, these moneymakers, these racketeers were in there making money out of the Gentiles. And Jesus was furious. Jesus was so angry. And uh, you know, you ought to know about Jesus. His anger is controlled. Anger isn't, uh, is neutral. It's not bad or good. It all depends who's using it. It's a tool to be used. And Jesus exercised his anger. And uh, the Bible says that he drove the money changers out with a whip. And he didn't use the whip on the animals. He, the, he used the whip on men. And he brought a judgment. He was, he was cleansing the temple. It's awesome. And um, Jesus, uh, uh, after he cleansed the temple, he chased the money, uh, the racketeers out. Do you know something? If you gave the racketeers a bad time, a gang of bully boys would come in, take you behind the temple and give you a good beating with sticks. And everybody was terrified. Jesus stood up against them. And uh, he's, he's awesome. When it comes to justice, Jesus, he's really awesome. Scared of nobody. And um, so then his own people, the, the, the southern Jews from Judea, they, they, they said they, they were angry back. They just came back at Jesus and said, what miraculous sign can you show us to prove your authority to do all this? Jesus said, destroy the temple, destroy this temple, and I will raise it again in three days. And they were like, what? It took 46 years to build this temple. How are you going to raise it in three days? And Jesus wasn't talking about the stone temple. He was talking about the temple of his body. And he said, destroy it. And in three days, I will rise again. And if they'd have just kept that in mind, like the disciples did, they'd have realised that was a sign. They'd asked for a sign, and he says, this will be your sign. Destroy this temple, and in three days, I'll rebuild it. I will rise again. And in John chapter 2, verse 23, it says, Whilst at the feast in Jerusalem, many people saw the miraculous signs Jesus was doing, and they believed in his name. But Jesus, John records, would not entrust himself to them because he knew what was in men or he knew all men. You see, people have come to see the circus. They come to see, wow, he's done this and he's done that. And he was looking for disciples who would follow him without the fireworks. People that would follow him without the entertainment. That people would read the signs of his miracles like they should have done. Signs point to something or somebody beyond themselves. You know, trying to get out to London's a nightmare. I'm glad I have sat now. But you know, there are signs pointing north. That's where, I will go. That's where I'm going. And so, you know, I'm looking for a sign. The signs, nothing in itself. It's pointing to something greater. Can you see? And that's what a sign does. And a miracle is nothing in itself, except it points to the one that brought it, Jesus. Who is Jesus that can do all these things? So in John chapter 4, verse 13, it says Jesus left Judea. That's where Jerusalem is. He left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. And, and the King James Version is stronger. It says he left Judea and departed back to Galilee. And there's an emphasis there like he'd finished he didn't trust those guys. And these were his, these, he was from the south, was Jesus. 
but they showed him no respect. You, what miracle are you going to are you going to produce to 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 uh, prove that yourself to us? And he, he said, you know, as we're going to read, uh, a prophet is not uh, is without honor only amongst his own people. So Jesus favored the north. In fact, he was known as a prophet from Nazareth. And uh, so Jesus went back to Galilee and the Galileans welcomed him. In uh, John chapter 4, verse 46, it says, They had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, for they also had been there. And John's letting us know that, you, you know, it, it's not just the, the southern Jews that count. There were Jewish believers in the north that believed and they had the same pedigree. They were like, we are believers. We haven't intermingled with the nations. We've kept ourselves and we've kept our faith pure. And, and they'd been at the feast. So they, they, they'd gone down south. They'd seen the miracles that Jesus and, and signs that Jesus had been doing. Then they came back to Galilee and were telling everybody what Jesus had done. And so, let me read to you from John chapter 4, right at the very end of the gospel. And it says, After the two days, verse 43, After the two days he left for Galilee, now, Jesus himself had pointed out that a prophet was, has no honour in his own country. When he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. They had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, for they also had been there. Once more he visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. Capernaum was about 20 or 30 miles away. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him, come, uh, begged him to come and heal his son who was close to death. This man was panicking. Unless you people see miraculous signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you'll never believe. What a strange thing to say to a man that's begging him for help. Unless you people see miraculous signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. The royal official said, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus replied, You may go, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. Think about that. We're going to be touching on these truths. It's amazing. While he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. You've got to understand that this man probably didn't go back that night when Jesus said, go, your, your son is well, because it was dangerous to travel at night. So he would have to wait uh, till the morning after. So he's rushing back home and he gets there. And, uh, and then his, his servants had come to meet him saying the boy was living. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, the fever left him yesterday at the seventh hour. Then the father realised that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he and his household believed. This was the second miraculous sign that Jesus performed, having come from Judea to Galilee. 
let me have a look at the way Jesus spread the gospel. Um, a royal official travelled 20 to 30 miles from Capernaum because he'd heard Jesus was in Galilee. This is a man of influence. And in global, we want to reach people of influence. Why? Because they have influence. And when they receive the gospel, it spreads because people trust them. And it spreads faster than just going to any Tom Dickerary. You, you know, you, you, we're, more, we're more measured. We're, we're aiming uh, on wrong purpose. This royal official, uh, whose son was close to death, heard that Jesus was in the area. And he was, he's not just an official, he's a father. You know, there's two miracles that happened in Cana in Galilee. One, one was because a mother asked Jesus to get involved because they run out of wine. And then this one is where a father begged Jesus for healing. Notice the man came looking for Jesus and he found Jesus. Why? Because Jesus could be found. He wasn't in an office somewhere writing a talk. He wasn't, he, he wasn't away from the crowds constantly uh, so that he was untouchable. No, he was touchable. 85% of Jesus' teaching, this is his teaching ministry, was on the streets, in the highways and byways and bars and clubs around uh, around about where people could get him and contact him and in the synagogue but 85% was on the streets where people were what about you are you all caught up with uh, meetingitis you're always in meetings in church oh well, we've got a worship meeting oh we've got a band practice oh well, that's, that's two at the worship team <laughs> oh well I've got to spend time I'm, I'm having uh, I'm having a date night tonight with my wife and all that like I know what you mean, I know what you mean. You carry on while the world's on its way to a Christless eternity. You know, wake up, will you, for goodness sake. We have so much, so much time on our hands and uh, we spend it playing at church and playing at life instead of being on purpose and saying, let's get out there, let's meet with people. And let's, uh, let's double up on some of the things. If you want a date night with your wife, so let's have a date night. And uh, I've invited three other couples to come. <laughs> Got to be careful which place in town you have to say that kind of things. But Jesus could be found. The man came to Jesus and he begged Jesus to come and heal his son. It's like, come on, quick, let's go, Jesus, let's go. The man's rushing. And Jesus' was re response was this. Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will never believe. You know, I've read that passage many times and I've always thought Jesus was taking a pop at this man. And I never read it. He said, uh, you people, not you, mister, but you people. And he's saying, he's, he's generic, he's saying generally, he says, you people, you want a sign. You're always asking for a sign. And unless you see signs and wonders, you'll never believe. And he's letting the man see. Signs and wonders are great, but they're only pointing to somebody else and he's trying to take him deeper. But this man's not even thinking about that. He's thinking about his son. But you see, Jesus is not pressurised by our agenda. Jesus is sharing the faith. And unless they have him, they have an eternity without Christ, which is awful. And they have a life without Christ, which is awful. And Jesus is promoting himself. And, you know, he's not like Buddha or Eastern mysticisms, uh, mystics, I should say, who are self-effacing. It's like, oh, it's not me. 
Don't look at me. The self-effacing Jesus is self-advancing. He's the only one. And you watch his claims in John's gospel. I am is a strong saying, a strong phrase that he uses. And that's the name of Almighty God. I am the good shepherd. I am the light of the world. And his claims, he who believes in me will not walk in, in darkness, but he shall have the light of life. And Jesus is self-advancing. And he's saying to this guy, signs and wonders won't cut it, mate. You come begging to me. You don't need to beg when you know who I am. You don't need to beg when you've got a relationship with me. No, you can come and ask. And the answer is always going to be yes. It's always going to be for a miracle. The, the leper came to Jesus one time and he says, if you are willing, Jesus said, if I'm willing, if. Wow. When you know Jesus, you know that he brings healing with him. And he brings goodness, salvation is with him. He's phenomenal. So Jesus challenges him and the crowd around him. Um, and he says, unless you people see signs and wonders, you'll never believe. And as I was saying earlier, a sign points to something beyond itself. Miracles and signs are not an end in themselves, but they are nice and they are good. And we should want them. But let's come to the source first. And this man, thankfully, did come to Jesus. But he came and he's just like, just all I need is a sign. All I just need is my son to be healed. All I need, all I need, all I need. And there has to be a switch in our thinking and in the people that we're reaching. There has to be a switch. And we have to help them understand this. That when we pray for healing, the greatest healing is forgiveness of sins, which is the healing of the spirit. So they will spend eternity with Christ in heaven, or the new heaven, the new earth, I should say. What am I saying about this? You're saying, I don't quite get it, Dave, that, you know, the, the man's desperate and you're trying to give us a Bible study. Is that what Jesus is about? No, he's trying to point to something deeper that this man needs. And even his family, his son needs. They need him. Acts chapter 2, verse 22 Peter stands up on the day of Pentecost and he says, fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders and signs, which God did among you through him. Verse 36. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. See, the signs and miracles and wonders were pointing to the Messiah, the coming Messiah. The Jewish hope had come. They're all thinking it's in the future and they've been believing for centuries. And all of a sudden, the future came into the present. The kingdom of heaven has come in Christ. The hope of the future has become a present reality. The signs confirm it. Jesus is the king of the kingdom of heaven. So healing is not a problem. The man says, sir, come down before my son dies. In other words, he's not getting what Jesus is saying. <laughs> it's beautiful. I love this because Jesus came to real people or Jesus met real people or real people came to Jesus. Whichever way the interaction, the gospel writers record it, whether it was good, bad or ugly. The official is limited in, who Jesus, in his knowledge of who Jesus is and what Jesus can do. He thought that this miracle could only happen if Jesus was present 
with his son. So he's like, come on, my son was dying. He was at death's door when I left him. I don't even know whether he's still alive or not. We have 20 miles to go, Jesus. Let's not talk, let's just go. And Jesus, that's all he could understand. Jesus, you need to come, you need to be there. Because if what everybody's saying that you did, you did miracles and signs and wonders in Jerusalem, come and do it for me, son. Jesus said this, go. You can go, he said, your son will live. Jesus does not give the man a sign. He gives him a word. And that's a message for us all today. Jesus, just give us a sign. Jesus will not give us a sign. Jesus will give us a word. He said, go, your son will live. And he has to believe that word. <coughs> Excuse me. A sign would have been spectacular and it would have satisfied this man's emotions. Jesus didn't respond the way that the man wanted. Come down and heal my son. Jesus didn't come down and heal his son. Jesus is on mission. He stayed where he was, but he sent his word. He sent his word to heal. And he shows him the way. He shows the man the way that he's going to work. It creates an opportunity for the, for, for the exercise of faith. It creates an atmosphere for the exercise of faith, not based on a sign, but based on his word. And he's moving people just from experiences to his word. And he creates that opportunity one ordinary day for an ordinary man. Jesus gave a word rather than performing a sign. If the man will believe the word, the word he will get the sign that he's looking for. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. That's a brilliant phrase. Doesn't that sound like somebody? Mary said to, to the servants in John chapter 2, whatever he tells you to do, just do it. And John records that the man took Jesus at his word and he departed. That's where we need to be in our lives. That's where we need to encourage others people that, that are secular people that have no claim to faith, uh, to faith or anything like that, that we need to encourage them to have faith in his word. Let's do our reaching out the way that Jesus did it. We don't know whether this man was a Jew or a Gentile, but Jesus said, you need to operate with my word. The Holy Spirit works with God's word. Let's not be shy at bringing God's word. We need to bring it. It's, the, it's really the centerpiece. But it's how we bring it that matters. Don't bring it like a religious freak. You bring it naturally. And it's usually supply on demand when people are asking for it. The miracle happened when Jesus turned water into wine. She said, Mary said, whatever he tells you to do, just do it. That's the word. The water got turned into wine. That's the sign. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. That's the word. Then the miracle happened. His son was well. That's the sign. Your son is living. When did he begin to get better? You see, the man thought there must have been a process. It must have been like all night long and, you know, he just seemed to be getting better and better and better. And, and they said he didn't begin to get better. He got healed immediately. And the man said, when? And they said, one o'clock in the afternoon. And he, he remembered that's exactly the time that Jesus said, Go, your son will live. <clears throat>
he was healed immediately. This man's mind is being blown by Jesus because he only understands, well, to get better, you have to go through a process. But you see, the miraculous is where God works outside of the process and he speeds it up, like turning water into wine. It takes 10 years or so to, to produce a good wine. If you're going to plant the, the, the grape first, plant, plant the, 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 the tree or the bush, and then it has to grow and you can't, you can't pick it, you know, make wine from it for the first four or five years, so I'm told. And then it has to be made and then ferment and things. And so by, call it 10 years. And Jesus, within moments, turned water into wine. He bypassed the process. And immediately they got great wine. And here Jesus is, is, uh, is bypassing space. In, in the wind at Cana of Galilee, it was, he bypassed time. But now he's bypassing space, 20 to 25 kilometer, uh, miles away. He just spoke the word and uh, the, the son was healed. This is amazing. When you start to know how powerful Jesus is, you'll be proud to take him out and t take him out, but to, you know, to mention him in conversation when you're out with your friends. You'll be proud because people are full of troubles. We have prayer requests constantly about people. With, with, we've had two recently with a, a potential stage four cancer and, uh, and they're getting better. And it's miracles and it's surgeons. And we, we don't care which. We just want people to get better. We know that God uses medicine as well as just straight, you know, the supernatural. But that's up to him. We're quite happy to receive the healing, whichever way it comes. At this, the government official is absolutely relieved. You can imagine this dad looking at his son. He's got him back and he's thinking, thank you, Jesus. If you were here now, Jesus, I'd give you a man hug. But he's, he's thrilled to bits. And the Bible says this, um, that the official and his whole household believed. That is the man, his family and his extended family. This was the second sign Jesus performed after coming from Judea to Galilee. That's what John said in his gospel. This is the second sign. The man got his sign after all this. But Jesus took him the right way. It's the word. He gave him a word first and then the sign followed. What are you believing for? What are your friends in need of? Go to the word to find a promise. And all the promises, the Bible says, are yes in Christ. They are yes. In, G in other words, God's answer is, God, can we do this? The answer is yes. And we've got to start to believe the in invisible. We're so used to, to, to the visible, to what you can see and touch, to the empirical world. We've got to learn to see the invisible, believe uh, the incredible and attempt the impossible. The key to reaching out to people is be available like Jesus was. Then people can come to you. And I have all sorts of conversations in the city of York. And people, because I'm out, I'm constantly out. I'm in coffee shops, I'm in bars. I, I, I try to meet uh, anybody uh, that's on my leadership or anybody that needs to meet with me. I either meet them in a coffee shop or a bar. And that's my office, or those are my offices. And why? Because people need to see us out. And when they say, who are you? 
we see you here every week. Who are you? And people seem to be coming. So, ah, that's Dave. He's the leader of a church or the pastor of a church. They don't usually, in fact, people have started calling me Pastor Dave. I don't even call myself Pastor Dave. I'm called Dave. That's what I was christened, Dave. So that's what I call myself. But people feel like they want, they need a court hanger to, or a box to put me in something. That's Pastor Dave. If I had to say to them, what is a pastor? They wouldn't have a clue. <laughs> I don't know myself. Bring the word and the word carries miracles and people will believe. So let me just give you four things. You thought, you thought I'd finished, didn't you? Four quick things about this man's faith and let's help people through these four phases. The man had crisis faith. He came because his son was close to death. I don't care, well, care why, why people come, let them come and let them put the trust in you and that your faith that you have in God. Let them put the, your, our job is to, to, to help them to have faith in Jesus. But if they don't have faith in you first, they're not gonna have faith in Jesus. They've gotta trust you. This man came with crisis faith, but he, he moved on. His crisis faith became confident faith. He received a promise from Jesus and he believed it. And so his faith became confident. He, 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 uh, he took the word and he went home, he believed it. And, and, and the confident faith became confirmed faith. His servants met with him. Uh, sorry, his servants met him with the news that it, the boy was living. They confirmed what he'd been believing for about well, less than 24 hours. And, and, and uh, so his faith was confirmed. And uh, that fact, when he heard that news, that fact was what? Uh, pushed him from uh, it, it moving from understanding to just completely giving himself in faith to Jesus and he and his household believed he's just like wow I've been part of this miracle and his confirmed faith became contagious faith the man led the way for his family extended family uh, and, and extended family to find faith in Jesus come on I want to encourage us to be a church that, that is constantly reaching out, not by programme, just naturally. What's sustainable? Let's do what's sustainable. I don't want you to try and set the world on fire, but I'll tell you what, throw me in the River Ouse or the River Thames and I'll make it sizzle. Come on, God wants to set us on fire to go and, and burn brightly in society so that people look and say, what is different about you? You're full of life, you're full of energy, you're full of hope, you're full of faith. That's the kind of church I'm looking for. So let's not hold back, let's not shrink back. Let's not be shrinking violets, let's be bold as lions. Let's go and share our faith and know that Christ has sent us and that Christ is with us and Christ will do the miracles through us. Every week we give people an opportunity that are tuning in by YouTube or wherever to give their lives to Jesus Christ. I'm gonna say a simple prayer. There's nothing magical about the prayer. It's the sincerity of your heart that counts. And uh, you just amen the prayer after me. Amen means uh, I agree. And come into agreement with me. Let's pray. How I uh, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to come and live a perfect life, to, to die on the cross, to pay the price for my sins. I believe 
that Jesus, you rose again on the third day. I open the door of my heart and I invite you into my life. And I pray that you will change me into your likeness. I pray for the biggest miracle, according to your word, that if I believe that, Lord, you will forgive me and cleanse me from my sin. And I receive that cleansing. Fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I can serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. And, uh, you know, if you've got uh, sickness or problems that you need us to pray for, send them in by email and we'll be praying for you. And, uh, you know, this week as church, let's reach out to people. And if you're not part of a church, get plugged in. Get plugged into Global Online. Get plugged into a smart church near you. And uh, we want to plant churches all around this world. So get in touch and become part of a church planting movement called Global. And uh, we'll see you soon. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website 